stories we can tell. It's a place for thoughts, musings, and passages of this old Floridian. My studio is my back porch where there are frequently sounds of crickets, birds, barking dogs, and trains. I'm Jim McGinnis, and welcome. I'm glad you found me. This episode strikes out in a new direction. Along with our weekly shows, I'm going to be doing some readings for my grandkids. They do love books, and I don't always get the chance to read to them, so I thought this would be a good way to share some of their favorite stories. If you've got the book at home, feel free to follow along. Trouble Dolls by Jimmy Buffett and Savannah Jane Buffett, illustrated by Lambert Davis. Dedicated to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and the Seminole people who knew the Everglades long before we did. Lizzie Reinhardt watched the sun sink into Florida Bay. Her father called her the Princess of the Tidal Flats, and her royal barge was a little skiff he had built for her eighth birthday. She had christened it the Parakeet. Spooner, her golden retriever and first mate, was on the bow stretching into the wind, smelling the approaching land. A blue macaw parrot soared overhead. Lizzie drove her boat with the sure hand of a cautious captain and watched for the green flash when the sun flipped over the horizon. But today it did not show, and instinctively she turned toward the darkening sky in the east. A falling star plummeted to the sea. Before it had burned out, Lizzie was organizing her wish. She knew how to pack several wishes into one. I wish for my father to return home safely. Since my mother is in heaven and can't be with us, I wish her happiness, and I wish that maybe when my father gets home, he will help me with my math homework. At nine, Lizzie was very independent, but she was always worried when her father, Michael Reinhardt, went away. Tonight, her father was flying home after a two-week project in the Everglades looking for panthers. He was a famous environmentalist and pilot who traveled the world trying to convince people everywhere that if we don't take better care of our earth, we will see it change dangerously for the worse. Lizzie's mother had been killed in an avalanche in the Andes Mountains of Peru when Lizzie was just a baby, and the little girl had been raised by her father and Mrs. Sweep, an old Seminole Indian. Spooner began to bark, the trade winds were blowing delicious aromas from the kitchen where Mrs. Sweep was cooking a homecoming meal. Lizzie tied up her boat and she and Spooner headed for the house. She hightailed it into the kitchen and snitched a piece of bimini bread from the table, tossing half to Spooner. She knew she had to hurry. Soon her father's seaplane would land behind the house. She was his official greeter and loved to meet him in the parakeet to tow his plane to its mooring in the canal. Lizzie called to Mrs. Sweep there was no answer, which was odd, but then she saw her on the phone. Mrs. Sweep turned and the look on her face told Lizzie something was wrong. Dr. Reinhardt's plane is missing in the Everglades, Mrs. Sweep told her. 
Lizzie began to shake. The housekeeper hugged her, and Lizzie buried her head in Mrs. Sweep's arms. Oh, he can't be dead, Lizzie cried. I just saw the most beautiful falling star, and I made a wish that he would come home and stay for a long time. They went outside and prayed together to the Christian God, to the Seminole gods, and to all the gods around the world, especially to the goddesses of the sea and the sky, to protect Dr. Reinhardt wherever he was. Mrs. Sweep tried to comfort her and kiss her goodnight, but sleep was out of the question. Lizzie could think only of her father, lost in the Everglades. She knew he was alive. She could almost feel that he was trying to talk to her. She opened the old steamer truck and trunk at the foot of her bed. Inside were presents Lizzie's father had brought from all over the world. Conk pearls from the Bahamas that could be worn only at night, painted coconuts from Tahiti, blankets from New Zealand, puppets from Scotland, and many other exotic things. She pulled out a very small basket. Four tiny dolls were inside, a family of trouble dolls her father had brought her when they had gone to Guatemala. Legend had it that if you told the dolls your troubles and put them under your pillow, they would solve your troubles while you slept. A name was written on each of their bright little costumes. The father was Julio, the mother was Esmeralda, the young son was Pedro, and the daughter was Maria. Lizzie went to her bed and placed the trouble dolls on her pillow. Spooner came up beside the bed as Lizzie spoke to the dolls. I have a big trouble. My father is missing in the swamps of the Everglades. I need you to help me find him and bring him home safely. My mother has already been taken from me, and I surely need my father. She kissed them all and put them under her pillow. Then she curled up on her bed and was soon sound asleep with Spooner at her feet. Later that night, she was awakened by noises under her pillow. At first, she was frightened, but she took a deep breath and lifted the pillow. To her amazement, she found a busy village of trouble dolls underneath. She called down to the village, but no one heard her. So she let out a whistle and finally get, got the attention of one trouble doll. I'm looking for Julio and his family. They're helping me find my father. Do you know where they are? I'd like to help you, said the trouble doll, but as you can see, things are very busy here. Many hundreds of years ago, when we were first given the power to help, life was simpler, but now the world is so crazy, we're all backed up. I would like to help you find Julio, but I must work on some other troubles right away. Good luck, he finished, and tipped his hat and trotted away. Lizzie and Spooner searched the busy little world for the dolls. Suddenly Spooner barked and Lizzie saw Julio and his family under a mango tree by the river. Julio, she called. Julio, Esmeralda, Pedro, Maria all looked up and waved. I'm so glad I found you. Any news about my father? Julio looked up. Miss Lizzie, he said, we have been stuffed away in your trunk and not used until now, so we have never been to the land of trouble dolls. This is our first job, and we are not familiar with all the magic yet. Little Pedro added, But we will find your father, Miss Lizzie. We will not stop searching until we do, Maria agreed. Esmeralda, the kind-looking mother, smiled. She was proud of her little family. They will do what they say, Miss Lizzie. 
but I think you are the one who has to make a big decision too. You must come with us to find your father. Lizzie thought for a moment. You were given to me as a present by my father and I truly believe he was telling me to look in the trunk tonight. Now I know why. It was to find you. We'll leave in the morning for the Everglades in my boat, but I need to tell Mrs. Sweep what I'm going to do. Lizzie waved goodnight to her friends and put the pillow back, but now she was so tired from worrying that she didn't even bother to take off her clothes when she crawled under the blanket. Soon she was fast asleep. She woke up very early to the sound of men talking. Mrs. Sweep was in the kitchen with the sheriff and several Marine Patrol officers. There had been no news of Dr. Reinhardt, and the weather was going to get bad. A tropical storm had sprung up in the Bahamas and was rapidly moving toward Florida. The men left and Lizzie ran to hug Mrs. Sweep. You heard, the housekeeper asked. Lizzie nodded. Mrs. Sweep, do you know about trouble dolls? Mrs. Sweep looked down at Lizzie and smiled. She took Lizzie by the hand and they walked out, her, <clears throat> out to her house. Mrs. Sweep took an old bag off a hook near the bed and opened it. It was a special bag that held all of Mrs. Sweep's charms and roots and healing things. She pulled out a clamshell box and opened it to reveal a family of trouble dolls. These are mine, so they can work only for me. I wish I could give them to you, she said. But I have my own. Remember the ones Papa brought for me in the Guatemala? Well, I couldn't sleep last night, and I dug inside the trunk and brought out the dolls. I remember the legend he told me, and I made my wishes and put them under the pillow. I woke up, and a world of trouble dolls was under my pillow. They told me I had to go with them to find Papa. Lizzie was out of breath and a little scared. What would Miss Sweep say? But the old Seminole lady looked down at Lizzie with her wise face. Then do what the dolls tell you, she said, for they carry much magic. Your father is alive. He was talking to you. Trust your heart and go find him. But you must hurry. In less than an hour, Lizzie and Mrs. Sweep were loading supplies into the parakeet. You are in my prayers, little one, the housekeeper whispered. Don't worry, Miss Sweep, Lizzie said, smiling. I'm in good hands. Spooner barked and Lizzie let go of the boat's bow lines and turned north toward Everglades. She pulled out a very old map that belonged to her father. Mrs. Sweep had told her it would guide her safely. Lizzie studied it and noticed four small shadows spread across the map. Looking up at her visor, she saw a reflection of the troubled doll family peering down at the map. Mind if we have a look? Julio asked. as. Mrs. Sweep stood on the dock and waved until the parakeet disappeared over the horizon. The old woman was not fearful that she had let a nine-year-old girl go off on a dangerous mission. From past experience, Mrs. Sweep knew the trouble dolls would guide her well and keep her safe. Lizzie had been out in the bay all her life. From the day her father had given her the parakeet, she had not missed an afternoon cruise. When her father was home, he went with her and pointed out the beauty of nature and the good and bad things people had done to the Florida Keys. She had a sense of the ocean, but she had never been so far out as she was now. The sheriff had told Mrs. Sweep that Dr. Reinhardt was last heard passing over Panther Point. Though Lizzie could find it on the old map, the entrance to the Everglades could be tricky, 
and she was counting on help from her little friends. The trouble dolls were still seated on the brim of her visor like lookouts, and Lizzie pointed out the constellation Orion up where the Jolly Man and the Magic Dolphin live. Although it was day, they still shone in the sky as if to guide her. She found the island of the pink pelicans and decided to stop to rest and have another look at the map. They put ashore and the trouble dolls climbed down to examine the map with her. I see three ways to get in, Julio said. Do you know which one you will take? When Lizzie said no, Julio told her, here is one way we can help. We look at a map differently than big people do. He winked at Pedro and Maria and said, children, see what you can see. With that, the troubled doll children slid down Lizzie's arm and onto the map where they disappeared. Where did they go? Lizzie asked with a worried look. Don't worry, said Julio. They are in the map. Sometimes it pays to be small. They were all quietly studying the map when Spooner let out a loud bark. An alligator surfaced near the boat. Esmeralda called to her children, who popped out of the map and dashed for the safety of the visor. Lizzie quieted Spooner and smacked the water with her paddle like her father had taught her, and the alligator swam away. This impressed the trouble dolls very much, and they gave Lizzie a round of applause. We found the right channel to take us all the way to Panther Point, Pedro and Mar Maria told her, so the expedition headed upstream. They saw many more alligators on the banks, and Spooner barked at all of them. Overhead, a flock of spoonbills flew north, away from the approaching storm. Lizzie began to realize just how big the Everglades were. As the sun set in the orange sky, they rounded a bend in the river and came upon an Indian chickie. This would be a good place to spend the night. Lizzie organized the tent, and she and Spooner ate tomato and avocado sandwiches. Mrs. Sweep had made them for them. Under a small star-filled sky, Lizzie said a prayer to protect her father. Then she put the trouble dolls under her pillow in the tent. We will bring back good news this time, Miss Lizzie. We are starting to learn our magic. As Lizzie fell asleep, the little people slipped into the trouble doll world. Much work lay ahead for them. Julio and Esmeralda went back to the village to ask for information, and Pedro and Maria climbed back inside Dr. Reinhardt's map. They met early that morning underneath Lizzie's pillow, and Julio and Esmeralda had exciting news. Some trouble dolls were helping a little girl in Florida to save the manatees from being killed, and they had seen a seaplane near a heart-shaped lake in the Everglades. But Pedro and Maria had seen no such lake in their travels in the map. They woke Lizzie and told her these things. This is good news, but I don't know how we'll be able to find a heart-shaped lake from ground level. She was worried. The early morning sky was bright red to the east, which meant the storm was approaching quickly. Time was running out, and they had to work fast. We could go back and tell Mrs. Sweep the news, and maybe she could get the sheriff to search for the lake with a helicopter, Lizzie said. I'm not sure the sheriff would believe our story. Most big people don't believe in us at all, Pedro said. Yes, you're right, Lizzie said quietly. When I grow up, I'll never be like that. But right now, I hardly know what to do, and I need to find my father before the storm hits. I'm scared, she added. Tears filled her eyes. Feeling the sor sorry for yourself won't help you find your father, 
a voice called from a nearby tree. Spooner began to bark at the sky, and the trouble dolls rushed into Lizzie's shirt pocket as she stood up. Who's out there? I'm up here, the voice answered. Lizzie looked up, and in the big magnolia tree, he, she saw a beautiful macaw parrot perched on a limb. It was the same bird she had seen the day before. You seem to need another pair of eyes from a higher point of view. I can find the heart-shaped lake. The big bird spread his wings and glided into a circle toward the ground, standing on the limb of a tree closer to Lizzie. You can call me Big Blue, the bird told her. Now put your little friends up here on my neck and we'll do some flying. Pedro and Julio looked a bit nervous, but climbed aboard Big Blue. The bird squawked and soared off into the sky. We'll keep heading for pa Panther, Panther Point, Lizzie shouted to the disappearing parrot. Don't worry, I'll find you, Big Blue answered. The bird flew high and fast and Julio and Pedro scanned the ground below for the heart-shaped lake. They had flown west to the shores of the Gulf of Mexico and then back east toward the River of Grass when Julio spotted a cockatoo flying toward them. Big Blue yelled to the cockatoo, Whitey, do you know where we can find a heart-shaped lake? It's in the middle of Puzzle Bay, down on the park border, the cockatoo called back. Thanks for the help, mate. Big Blue banked hard toward the park. We're in luck. I know where we're going now. Natural sense of navigation, lads. Puzzle Bay was named, well, for from the air, it was a big circle of bayous, streams, and small lakes, an easy place to get lost. Julio was the first to spot the lake. It was hidden in the middle of many small lakes. Then Big Blue spotted the wrecked plane. He dove straight for the wreck. Julio and Pedro held on for dear life. Big Blue circled low and finally spotted Dr. Reinhardt in a tree. He was alive but seemed to have a broken leg. How he had made it up to the tree was a mystery to Julio and Pedro. If you were surrounded by alligators, I'm sure you'd find a way too, Big Blue squawked. Stay here with the doctor and I'll go find Lizzie. Watch out for the one over there. Julio looked down to see a huge alligator looking up at them. Lizzie was going as fast as she could toward Panther Point in the parakeet when she spotted Big Blue. We found your father. Lizzie let out a big yell of joy, and Spooner barked happily. Maria and Esmeralda jumped up and down on the brim of Lizzie's hat, and Big Blue kept talking. He's hurt, but Julio and Pedro are taking care of him until we get there, he screeched. Meanwhile, Lizzie could feel the wind picking up and knew that the storm was coming faster than anyone had expected. She tuned her little radio into the weather channel and listened. The forecaster announced that the approaching storm would bring winds of 100 miles per hour. I flew over a shortcut, Big Blues squawked. We should be able to reach him before the storm hits. Lizzie followed Big Blue down a very narrow channel. At one point, the parakeet could barely squeeze through, and Spooner and Lizzie had to get out and walk beside the boat. But finally, the little cut emptied into a heart-shaped lake, and on the other side, Lizzie could see her father's wrecked plane. Julio and Pedro shouted at Lizzie to be careful of the alligator, but she fearlessly sped to her father. The doctor was very weak. 
So Lizzie used some lines from her boat to make a sling and lowered her father into the parakeet. She hugged him tightly. Rain was now coming down in sheets and the wind was blowing hard. A hurricane is coming, she told her father. Dr. Reinhardt spoke in a scratchy voice. There are old Indian caves near pa Panther Point. Look on the map. Pedro spoke excitedly. When I was in the map, I remember seeing some caves near here. Quick, get the map out and I will take a look. Lizzie began to unroll the map, but Pedro jumped in before she could finish. She went back to take care of her father and made a splint from a tree branch for his leg. Pedro popped out of the map. I found the old caves near Panther Point and I'll guide you. Big Blue flew off into the storm with Julio and Pedro aboard. According to the radio, the storm was now directly on its way. Lizzie was scared, for her father had fallen asleep and she could barely see in front of her. Esmeralda and Maria were perched on her hat trying to help when they heard a familiar squawk. It was Big Blue. Lizzie steered the boat toward the sound and finally caught a glimpse of the parrot, Julio and Pedro. They were soaking wet, but had found the cave. The little expedition edged its way down the river past Panther Point and Lizzie slid the boat into the mouth of the cave. She lit a fire. Dr. Reinhardt looked a little better and Lizzie fed him some of Mrs. Sweep's chocolate and tea. I guess this is called growing up in a hurry, Lizzie. He smiled proud, proudly at his daughter. I had to smash my way out of the plane before she drifted off. It was awful getting up into that tree. But when I finally got there, I find myself thinking about the time we were in Guatemala. Remember when I bought you those trouble dolls? I could think of nothing else. How odd, he said weakly. Clearly, he was in great pain. You mean these trouble dolls, Lizzie said eagerly. Julio, Pedro, Esmeralda, and Maria were sitting on Spooner's head. Esmeralda spoke. I tried to contact both of you after my father told me about the troubles her keeper, Mrs. Sweep, was having. We had never been used, but we knew we were in the hands of special people. We knew it was time to be of help, and we would not fail. Dr. Reinhardt was amazed at what he was seeing and hearing, but did not argue. Thank you, he said simply, and hugged Lizzie. Spooner trotted over, and they all gathered around the fire. And I am the air ambulance service, Big Blue squawked as he landed near them. Storm turned back to sea. It'll be clearing soon. Dr. Reinhardt looked down at his leg. I was sitting in the tree out there, and a shooting star passed overhead. I wished so hard that I would see you again. When I thought I was going to die, what I regretted most was not having spent as much time with you as I could. This is going to change, young lady. Fine with me, Lizzie said, grinning. Lizzie watched the sun rise over Florida Bay and thought herself the happiest girl in the world to have her father back at her side. She steered the parakeet toward the dock with Spooner on the bow, stretching into the wind. Lizzie had called Mrs. Sweep on the radio and told her about her father. The doctor, the sheriff, newspaper reporters, and TV people from Miami were waiting on the dock to welcome her home. Lizzie was whistling and singing. It's a wonderful day to be alive, Dr. Reinhardt said. And a buenos dias, mis amigos, Lizzie said as she looked into her pocket, but the trouble dolls had disappeared. She called the big blue who had been perched on the rail of the boat, but he too was gone. 
I know we'll be back, she thought. It was a good feeling to have such a special friend. Dr. Reinhardt was taken to the hospital to have his legs set, and the woman on the news from Miami asked Lizzie all kinds of questions about how she had rescued her father. I was taught to believe that anything's possible, and I used the gifts my father and my friend, Mrs. Sweep, gave me. Soon she and Mrs. Sweep were with her father in the hospital room, watching the news on TV, and they all looked at each other and smiled. Lizzie hadn't mentioned Pedro as Merelda, Julio, Maria, or Big Blue, for they were part of a world the woman on the news would never understand. When she went to her bedroom that night, Lizzie opened the empty trouble doll basket. Mrs. Sweep came into the room quietly. They'll be back when you need them, she said. But where have they gone, Lizzie asked. Mrs. Sweep came over to her bed and picked up the pillow. There was the trouble doll village, and the big fiesta was being celebrated in honor of Julio, Maria, Esmeralda, and Pedro. They're having a party, Lizzie said happily. Everybody needs a party, Mrs. Sweep added. She hugged Lizzie, and they put the pillow back. With Spooner at her feet, Lizzie Reinhardt fell asleep, knowing she was lucky indeed. That's our story. Hope you like it. It's important that you learn your words so we can hear your voice. Until next time, fair winds and calm seas. Love, Papa. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please contact me at storieswecantell at outlook.com.